It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson. It's Snow Globe Friday. We peek out the studio window. Yes, there are bars on the studio window. I'm kidding. And it's uh, it's a freaking snow globe. So uh, go to a snow angel and uh, throw a coin into whatever fountain you can find that's not frozen. Big recruiting weekend for Nebraska. As 24-7 Sports has their, this is where we're headed with this portal. You're going to have your high school recruiting rankings at Alabama or Georgia or A&M will be 1, 2, 3, and uh, sprinkle in Ohio State and Clemson, your top five. And then you're going to have your portal rankings. The job Nebraska has done in the portal here puts them around number 10 or 11 per some of the experts at 24-7. Big opportunity for Nebraska. Now, some guys that are already signed with Nebraska are just taking their visits here before they start winter conditioning. We'll run that down. We'll tell you about a big old Kansan quarterback that Bill Bush is recruiting for the upcoming class of 2025. Hold on a minute. Minus the one. 2024 senior to be. But uh, kid has 19 offers. We'll tell you about him. Lots to get into with the NFL this weekend. And uh, Nebraska fans, now a lot of Cincinnati fans. That wasn't fashionable. It's been fashionable twice to be Bengal fan. When Ken Anderson was going to a Super Bowl almost 40 years ago, when Boomer Esiason was rocking a little bit of a blonde mullet, and now with Zach Taylor and Stanley Morgan doing their thing as Cincy and Vegas hook it up. Jay Moore, our dear friend, Blackshirt Husker NFL, our co-host, Big Red Wrap-Up, former roommate of Zach Taylor, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, no doubt uh, Cincy fan. He's the chapter president of the Lincoln, Nebraska for Cincinnati Bengal fans. He'll join us in 15 minutes. Not even Jay Moore will golf in this snowy weather. Jacob Badella will give us a look-see on Nebraska-Purdue. The tip's off here about 5.30. And uh, some high school thoughts with Coach Jeff Smith and Jacob. Bill Dolman joins the show, the Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. We'll uh, live stream that one on Facebook and on Twitter. We are efforting Joe Glenn, former Wyoming coach, former South Dakota coach, former Doan man, and uh, former coach that, um, that Coach Applewhite worked for and played for. So we'll see if uh, if Joe is available at 5. If not, we'll, we'll make it happen next week. Numbers to get in, 466-3776, 466-3776, 800-825-5865. Uh, 
5865. By the way, Schmitty, I'm looking up that mullet. Uh, you said a boomer. Boomer had a little longer. Uh, yeah, but it was, it was cool. Yeah, it was, cool. It, was, it was the late 80s. Okay. I mean, Welcome to the Jungle was blaring, and he won an MVP, and he took him to the Super Bowl. Good Cincinnati team. Just too much Jerry Rice uh, down in Miami ah. that Super Bowl night. <laughs> no, trust me, man. I remember, like, vividly. I remember talking to Tom Rathman and Roger Craig about that Super Bowl and Jamie Williams. I mean, he had all sorts of Huskers on that San Fran team. So what went down? Uh, Jerry Rice went for a then-Super Bowl record of 215 yards, but Jonathan Taylor, John Taylor, ran a slant in Montana, hit him. And the old story goes, there's like 206 left, San Fran's trailing, and Montana's got to go 89 yards. And before they take the first snap of the two-minute drill, Montana kind of just, this is, how, this is how cool Joe Cool was. It's like, look, it's John Candy. John Candy. It's John Candy in the front row. <laughs> and they're all like, dude, are you okay? How can you be so calm to point that out? Because he did it his whole life. It's incredible. Two minutes, three timeouts. Got my O-line. I got Roger and Rathman catching the ball out of the backfield. I have Jerry Rice. I have Brent Jones. I'm good. <laughs> Rice was a cheat code. Yeah, dude, he was incredible. Incredible. Pretty low-scoring game, 20-16. to 16. Huh. But yeah, that Cincinnati team was, was money. They were good. The Icky Shuffle, James Brooks. Some other dude that played for the Hurricanes that was part of the 84 Orange Bowl. I forget his name. He wore number 81, but there we go. And so, you, so you're saying that's the last time they were worth a crap. Well, they did uh, end Bo Jackson's career in 1990. Ah, okay. That's their last playoff win, I think 1990. Might have been 91, but that's 90-91 was the year. They went to the playoffs, and Carson Palmer got his knee severely shredded by the Pittsburgh defensive tackle when they had Ocho Cinco rocking. So, yeah, and Corey Dillon. I mean, they they were good, and then Carson Palmer got destroyed. So we will dive into the playoff weekend with former NFLer Jay Moore, and uh, Jacob Bedilla gets his high school and Husker ready. It is a big visit weekend. Greg Smith all over it from Hale Varsity. And uh, your visitor list, uh, Nicolas Crawford, He's all good. He's on Twitter now looking for where he should eat on North 11th. Uh, Trey Palmer, of course, is in out of the portal. DeAndre Jackson, ready to rock. Now, some names that you know and you're, you're going after in the portal. And then one high school kid that is uh, potentially special for Nebraska, Kylan Griffin. Cornerback, he's out of Montgomery, Alabama. Originally a, a commit to the Pirate at Mississippi State. But uh, Nebraska in on him, uh, and he is good enough to, to be fielding offers to decide in February between Nebraska, USC, and Clemson. We'll see if, if Nebraska can win that battle. Anthony Grant is the JUCO running back of the year, so Nebraska may not be done with running backs. Grant ran for 1,700 yards. If you're a Zach Bowman fan, you remember the New Mexico Military Institute. That's where Grant did his work. Uh, but he is also uh, checking things out. We'll see if Nebraska goes in on Anthony Grant. And then it is this weekend about Chubba Purdy, the Florida State transfer, 
uh, has been uh, pretty active on Twitter. And uh, you look at, at Purdy down in Oklahoma just two days ago. Now he is in Lincoln. And just our feel from earlier in the week when we talked with Dean Blevin, Sooner Insider, they like Pretty. They like other quarterbacks better. Uh, you have Pretty that's already part of the student registry here in, at, at the University of Nebraska. So uh, he has been accepted. Is he uh, impressed is the question. And, and he's the long-term guy. He's a guy you bring in. You say, don't worry about starting. I know you want to, but let us develop you here with Coach Whipple. Do you think that's a priority, though? Do you think he's a huge priority, considering we we had a guy come in who we recruited to play quarterback? We already got a few guys on the bench. I mean, do you think that's a, 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 do you think they're going to be mad if they miss out on Purdy? Uh, yeah. You think so? I, I, it doesn't look. Yeah, you have two two fronts here. A, you can't ever have too many quarterbacks in the era of the portal. This is the first time in a long time you're going to have a guy that has the uh, the history. Of Whipple, kind of grooming a quarterback. Sure. And the iron is hot. You better strike with what Whipple's done, Pittsburgh's success, Ben Roethlisberger. Tie it all into one big bow, and you don't have – it's been a long time since you've had a quarterback guy that's that's produced here. It's not a shot at any past coaches. I'm just saying there's a history here with Whipple – and he also was in Whipple's living room before he took the Nebraska job. So there's too many connections here to, to fail and not get it. And, yeah, you always recruit to, to beat out the guy you just recruited the year before. Competition's going to make you better. What you need at Nebraska is two options. You need someone that's really good and a starter. You need somebody that's going to be able to come in and handle business and be good and stick around and be coachable and get developed, unlike most quarterbacks, they all flee if they don't win the job. It's okay to sit a year. It's okay to sit two years and get your shot. God love Logan Smothers for doing that. He still has some say in this, uh, as does Harburg. I really like his talent, and I'm excited to see him and Whipple together. Torres is coming back from a knee, but initially on film, you're like, wow, great size, good arm. And if you can get a guy that's already been two years at a program like Florida State, Go get him. Go get him and, and make sure you can uh, get him seasoned enough so uh, when, the, uh, when the Thompson era or whoever wins the job but the Thompson era is over after 2022, you're ready to slide right in and stack quarterbacks. Look at the programs that have been playing and winning titles. Mac Jones, perfect example. Started one year. Who was he behind? He was behind Tua. He was behind Hertz. He didn't go anywhere. He said, all right, this, is, this will get me NFL ready. It did. Mm-hmm. He had a really good rookie season. He's starting in the playoffs on Saturday. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm with you. But I can't help but think, you, you, and I agree, go for Purdy. The kid looks great. I just can't help but think, uh, you know, you said Smothers and Harburg kind of have a say. If, with their performance. If they, I feel like if Frost and the coaches really liked, you know, those two, would they even be going for Purdy? Well, I think they like they liked them well enough to recruit him, but it's it's all like square one. You're all at the same starting point because it's a new system and it's a new offensive oh, coordinator right. and it's a new quarterback coach. That makes sense. Yeah, it's not it's not Mario anymore, and it's not 
It's reset. It, it's yeah. reset. Now, yeah. it's not going to be a, a crazy different offense, but it's right. going to be a different guy having the reins of it, theoretically, or at least more of a voice in what happens offensively. So if I'm Harburg, yeah. And if I'm, if I'm Smothers, yeah. I, I know this is the new guy, and, and he likes Thompson, and he likes Purdy, and clearly they, they really like uh, this quarterback I'll tell you about right now. Uh, out of Kansas, and uh, the kids, 6'3", about 190, Avery Johnson out of Mays, Kansas. Bill Bush has offered him. Uh, Nebraska's going to have a couple of days in uh, January where there will be junior days. Now, Johnson's a three-sport star, hell of a baseball player and outfielder. I think Mays is around the Wichita area. And uh, he's a three-slash-four-star, depending on the service you check out. 19 offers already. He's less than four and a half hours away from Lincoln. And Bill Bush has been good at scouting quarterbacks. Alex Smith and, uh, of course, Joe Burrow. So right now, the, the reality is this for Nebraska and the Mays, Kansas signal caller, Avery Johnson. Iowa State's already been in and he's been to see Iowa State last summer. He's been to Kansas twice. He's been to K-State twice. He's already been to Missouri. Uh, he's in, I think he's been to Wisconsin. Just kind of on his own. So uh, the 19 offers, both, Ari- both Arizonas. Kendall Bryles is all over him at Arkansas, Auburn, Florida State, Georgia Tech. Told you about the Big 12. Uh, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss are in on him along with Minnesota. Notre Dame. TCU in Tennessee, Washington State, and Virginia Tech. Wow. Yes. Wow. And, and, and if he keeps doing his thing, you'll hear from Clemson. You're going to hear from Oklahoma. Uh, you're going to hear from the U. You're going to hear from LSU. You're going to hear from USC. And uh, you're going to hear from Alabama. And then it's over. Uh, maybe. Maybe he wants to stay close to home. I don't know. That'd be nice. But uh, that's kind of where we're at with the recruiting weekend. We'll keep you up to date on it. It's time to uh, crush the piggy bank. Numbers are out, and uh, we know that Whipple's going to be making $875,000 next year, year two, $900,000. That takes out Dirty Bob Diaco as the uh, highest-ranking coordinator when it comes to earning power. Good on Nebraska for giving Sean Beckton a raise, $25,000. He's up to four fifty. Uh, Barrett Rude, a seventy-five thousand dollars raise. His linebackers played really nice football. Nice, good for Rudy. Three twenty-five a year for him. Bill Bush going to make four hundred thousand a year. Uh, we don't know yet if there's been bumps or how much for Coach Fisher, Coach Dawson, and Coach Chenander. But I would expect some some numbers to come up. Mickey's making six hundred a year. Riola's doing three twenty-five. There's your accounting update. For Nebraska. Numbers to dive in 466-377-6800-825-5865 Husker Basketball tonight. It is uh well a twenty point spread. Uh, <laughs> do you take the twenty? I I don't know. I'd be lying if I said I didn't think about it. I, I'm ready to, to to try and go double or nothing with you on the steak and the beer here. I just don't know what side I want to be on, whether I'm given the twenty you want to do the? You want to do a total? <laughs> no, no, you don't want to. Well, well, I, I might, I might chicken out on this, and I think we're on the road. I think we're back at the graduate 
for a for a abbreviated pregame show, but a but a two hour road show Monday ahead of Nebraska Indiana that tips off at five. So I think Elijah's cleared that day. Yes, I think he is, which means you're you're coming to collect. That's is, right. Is, is the way your wheels are turning. I'll see you there. But uh, Trey McGowan's. We'll see what he gets uh, minutes wise tonight, if any, or if they save Trey one more day uh, against Indiana. Uh, Jacob Padilla will give us the lowdown on Nebraska, and uh, we'll see how the Big Red does against the uh, number seven Boilermakers and their seven foot four beast down in the paint. Good Friday with you, and NFL on our mind. Does Cincinnati keep on keeping on against Vegas? Jail weigh in on that. Some thoughts on the coaching hires, and of course, a full NFL weekend you'll hear on ESPN. Lincoln and several other Hale Varsity affiliates. Jay Moore next with Hale Varsity. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Back in Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. I'm going out on a limb, and there's a 50% chance Jay Moore is in a stocking hat with a wedge in his hand in this snow globe weather. True or false, Jay Moore, you're not on number nine somewhere. <laughs> that is false. I do have a beard in my hand. How about that? You have? <laughs> well, no wonder you said, hell no, I'm not coming up to see you in studio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have to bring one. Well, you said you had beer, then I would... I'd be there. Okay, well, note to self. Uh, we will bribe Jay Moore with Coors Light next time. Jay, I, I enjoyed uh, some of the stories this week. Uh, good stuff from Mitch Sherman and Dirk Chatlin on on Zach Taylor, your your roommate, your buddy, your partner in crime, along with Stu and the Midnight Burrito Runs. And I want to go back to just the, the beating Zach Taylor would take when when uh, Billy C would go live, and there were no <laughs> there were no green jerseys. I mean, did you guys just annihilate poor Zach when he dropped back when it was when it was time to pin the ears back? Yeah, you know, I was about. I think it was only one time. I want to. I can't remember. It was it was you know the spring going into my junior year. So it was it was just after. You know, it was uh, Bill's first year, and we went like five and six or five and seven. I can't remember exactly what it was. You know, the first losing record, and you know how many years at you know at Nebraska, um, and we were bringing Zach, and he, and you know Joe's Daly's time was was he was just wasn't going to work, so he had to get to figure out who he had a quarterback. So he's like, well, I need to figure out what's going to be. It's like we got to you know you're not going to make your decisions based off of you know no contact. I mean, it's just that it just comes into, you know, a seven on seven drill essentially. So he, he just threw it out there. That's, you know, to his credit. I mean, that's what he, what, that's what he had to do. And that's what he had to figure out. I mean, that one scrimmage that I referenced when I, when I talked to Mitch, it was in spring and we were out there forever. I mean, there was about a three and a half hour scrimmage. I mean, this thing was way more plays in the game. Uh, we the defense. We just kicked the offense's ass all day. I mean, it was, I think I I, th- I think it hit Zach four or five times, and you know had a few sacks and bloodied his lip and you know I, I can't, can't remember then in the spring game I wanted to say he kept some green uh, I think he took the green jerseys off the quarterbacks in the spring game as well but I that that uh, scrimmage I was referencing we just 
we just teed off on them because it just we had our we had our we had our way, and our, it was just one of those days where the offense couldn't get going. That's why the scrimmage went so long. With Bill, with uh, Callahan being such an offensive-minded coach, you know he want, he wanted to, he wanted to get his uh, his you know success plays in and, and feel good about something, but he it didn't work. Beating and he took a beating in his career. You know that's uh, he was tough, man. Zach was was a tough dude. Still is a tough dude. And, um, but yeah, that that that, that one day. When we scream inside of Memorial Stadium, he, uh, he. Jay Moore's with us. We're talking Zach Taylor, Cincinnati, uh, and uh, Vegas. Get it rolling to open up the NFL Wild Card Weekend. So, what quarterback did you like hammering most? Was it Zach, your roommate, or was it was it Harrison? Was was Joey Gans down there? Who did you Who did you like smoking? Any of them, you know. I'd, I'll, I'll I'll take the hit on any of any of them, you know. I, you know, my mindset was, you know, yeah, you know, Zach was a good friend of mine. Gans is awesome. Love Gans to death. Mm-hmm. He was a great friend of mine. Still is. You know, uh, I mean, Harrison was a. I wouldn't call him a friend. Harrison is a. Is a, he's got multiple screws loose. We all know that. So, um, but it was it, it was fun to uh, tee off on Harrison. I mean, I don't, I don't know if this is this story has been told, but I remember. I think it was spring ball going into our senior year, or it might have been in fall camp. But uh, <laughs> I think like it was either like myself and Adam character mm-hmm. became free and we're chasing after Harrison and like Harrison was running. I don't I don't think he had. I think it was a, it was a scrimmage in spring. And then Harrison like <laughs> like faked faked the pulled hamstring so like we wouldn't hit him. <laughs> like, wow. He's literally yeah. <laughs> like was scrambling like threw the ball on the ground and act like he pulled his hamstring. And faked it. We wouldn't. We wouldn't hit him. That was so. That that's uh, that's a funny. That's a funny story about about Harrison. But yeah, I, mean, I, I, I took pleasure in hitting any quarterback so I could. He never could do it. So I definitely tried to tee off when I could, given the opportunity, which doesn't happen too much in practice. But uh, yeah, the Bill. Bill. You know, he 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 wanted to see how tough his quarterbacks were. So the green jerseys came off quite a bit. Jay Moore's with us. Hail Varsity Radio. So what are you thinking here on Saturday? Do you like Cincy? Do you like the way they're playing? I know you're the uh, the founder of the, the Bengals fan club in Lincoln, and uh, that's all good. I think they win. I hope they win. And I'm nothing against the Raiders. I don't dislike Compton or those guys. I mean, I, that's, that's the opening matchup. And, you know, give us, uh, give us, uh, give us Joe Burrow and the Burrow family and, and uh, Zach E.T. and Cincy. Making a run, and and I I will always call uh, thanks to your connection, Zach Taylor, a friend of the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I you know, you know, because that game comes around about three o'clock, and I'm looking forward to it. I know I'm probably gonna go somewhere and watch it, and and uh, and watch some people. But to me, it's it's always interesting to me in the playoffs because it's you know, football is is such of a momentum game and you know I'm always a little leery when you know a team clinches as a Cincinnati did two weeks prior and then you know they lost everyone you know they do yeah and but you know just the momentum the Raiders have coming off that win and that that crazy of a game so always that concerns me a little bit but I still think Cincinnati is by far the better team I mean they have the better quarterback I think they have the better, you know, what Chase has done this year mm-hmm. it, with with Burrow. That's I, 
I mean, it's it's crazy the, the amount of stats they they put up defensively. It's yeah, it's about a push, in, but I think the Raiders got a pretty good, uh, you know, a pretty good defense. You know, Cincinnati's defense is a little more unknown. They fly definitely under the radar, but uh, I think you know you get a home crowd in Cincinnati and and. I think the Bengals are they're they're tough, man. They play tough all year. I mean, they they beat. I, don't, I mean, the AFC North is a, is a very very tough tough conference. I mean, I, I mean historically, it's probably one of the toughest ones with you know with Cleveland and and uh, Baltimore and, and, and Pittsburgh. And they 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 took the gamut and they ran right all through there. And um, you know, they lost to Cleveland and, and last week, but you know, they sat Burrow and they easily still could have won that game. But I mean, he beat. They beat the Steelers twice. They beat the Ravens twice. And you can say, well, they've had some injuries and stuff. But hey, they still beat them twice. And uh, you know, they are they went ten and seven, and they went from last of last to first. So I, I like what they have. You know, they have that long term momentum, and I, I think I think Burrow and Chase are just going to be too much for them and in the home crowd. So it's, I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, I'll be. Uh, we are. We, I'm, a, I'm a huge. I've been a huge. Obviously, a Bengals fan since Zach's been there, but. Uh, mm-hmm. Tomorrow it's going to get it's going to be fun to watch. Jay Moore with us. A couple more minutes with Jay. Going to switch to Nebraska. Uh, Applewhite, the new running backs coach uh, from TCU. Jay, uh, a take on that hire, and then also it's been finalized with with Bill Bush, uh, Coach Bush back uh, running special teams. He's locked in and he's already hunting quarterbacks for future recruiting classes. Yeah, yeah, not surprised about the Bill hire. You know, you and I have. Uh, Kind of been on that wagon. They, they <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've been, I've been on that wagon. I said that's he's he's a hell of a special teams coach. You know, it's it's not a it's not you. It takes a guy. It takes a special guy to focus just on that, and uh, and that's what he'll do. And I think Nebraska needs that. I think you know, not having that has cost you know this program uh, easily. You know, two to three wins every year, in my opinion, just from just the kicking game to. You know the inconsistencies and 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 uh, you know the disorganization that causes you know unnecessary uses of timeouts in some of those situations that you could use in late game situations to preserve time and obviously help you win football games. So super happy for Bill. You know I it was it was a no brainer to me to keep him on staff and move him that position. You know the Appleway hire. You know I was kind of curious to see which way their Nebraska was go with this. Uh, don't have a ton of uh, familiarity. With him, but the biggest thing is, is okay. You know, you have uh, a freshman returning. You know, Gabe Irvin that was that was hurt. You know, we've had you know some other guys, but the, the, that room has been really inconsistent. You know, and they they haven't. Uh, you you kind of had the Ramir Johnson. He kind of took over a little bit after Gabe Irvin was hurt. But you know what? Just it was just. A lot of ups and downs, and yeah, it's it's never going to be one guy. I think it's always going to be by committee within this offense, and it could be changed a little bit with the new with uh, Whipple. But I, there's got to be uh, just a more consistent play out of that room. It needs to be more physical, and that goes hand in hand with offensive line production too. I mean, the running backs can only, can only do so much, you know, even even with your offensive line and how they're producing. So the offensive line has has to has to kick it up a gear, and then that that running back room has to kick it up a gear. And, um, you got to do kind of do everything. You got to be able to pass protect. You got to be able to catch the ball at the backfield. You got to, you know, put your head down and get some in tough and get some tough yards, especially in this conference. So he definitely has his work cut out for him. And and who knows if the transfers from from Texas A&M is can get it down or not, or they're going to still go grab another one here. 
I know I just saw Oregon's running back win the transfer portal, so who knows uh, if uh, there's any connections there. But let's, it's going to be he. It's going to be a tough task, man. This this offense has to uh, has to has to pick it up a notch, you know. Especially coming coming into this one of the most you know important years of, of Frost, mm-hmm. you know, tenure here at Nebraska. Jay, about a minute. Has it been talent or? or distribution of talent that's been the biggest issue? Let's take the O-line out of it. Let's just talk about rotation or dudes. What's been the, what's been the biggest reason for underachievement at running back? You know, I, it's hard. You know, I think it's, it's tough. I just, I think it's it, dudes. I think it's okay. is, is definitely the the Jimmys and the Joes there in that situation. You just watch other teams play, and that you know it's. I will take like Georgia and Alabama out of it. You know those guys have. Look at Minnesota, table, right? Know. Right, right, exactly. It's just kind of whoever. I mean, they're on their fourth. And again, that's probably more off of the line. But I just don't. Sure. I mean, I just look at other teams and like, man, that guy can like. I just. You see other running backs make people miss when the other one, when the offensive line breaks down or something happens and they're able to still get a first down or, or get a turn a what could have been a two to two to three yard loss into a two to three yard gain. Where it just seems like Nebraska's backs in you know the last few years, you know, and maybe since you know Amir was here sure. that that they just they go down on first contact. They can't make people miss. Their vision is very poor. You know, they, there's plays where they should have scored, but for some reason they either run out of bounds or don't cut it back, or, or they do cut it back when they should have kept going, or they, or they don't utilize their blocks well enough. You know, so I think that in that scenario, it's, it's definitely more the Jimmys and Joes instead of the X's and O's. And, um, I don't know if, if, you know, the kid from Texas A&M that we got is, is the answer. I don't know if Gabe Urban's going to be the guy. I, I just don't know what they're, you know, what the role is, but just find a guy that you know you have to make people miss. Jim Ors, you know, you're the, you know, and, and and make people miss and, and get you know make turn negative negatives and positives, and um, you know we just haven't had a whole lot of guys do that in in the last you know five six years. Jay Moore's with us. Jay will get caught up again next week. Some more NFL, but thanks for squeezing us in today. Yeah, you got it. Have a good weekend. See you, bud. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Jay Moore talking NFL. We turn our attention to some basketball, college and high school. We welcome in Jacob Padilla with Hail Varsity Dot com and magazine at Jacob Padilla underscore Jacob. Uh, thanks for the time, man. And Nebraska Purdue gets rolling here in about uh, what is it? Five thirty tips or a little less than an hour. How are you feeling about Nebraska's competitiveness tonight against Purdue? Yeah, well, at this point, it's a little tough to predict. <laughs> yeah, um, it is. that's why I'm asking. Because <laughs> that, that Rutgers game was probably. I mean. The first two blowouts, the uh, Michigan and Auburn, those games were understandable. Just with the, the illness the team was going through and the lack of practice time and prep time and prep time and all that, and 
compared to the the way those teams are built and we're seeing how good Auburn is now. So like those are understandable. The Rutgers game, Rutgers is probably the weakest of the Big Ten teams that they've played thus far. Mm-hmm. And Nebraska just got completely outclassed. And so that that was definitely the first time, like, oh, uh, this could be going bad. And then they bounced back and put up a great fight against Illinois and gave themselves a chance to win that game. And once again, they couldn't make the little plays in crunch time that allowed them to get it done. But I think for the most part, you're going to see this team compete and fight most more often than not in most games, but that's got to translate to doing the little things in the most important moments, the little effort plays. Like the the reasons at the end of that Illinois game, the they gave up the the, the like the triple tip in from Coleman Hawkins um, after they they get a stop, they force a, a long jump shot. Uh, that's Bryce McGowan's not boxing out, and that was on him. And they go down, um, and then the they, I mean, they had a miscommunication defensively. He had three guys not necessarily doing what they're supposed to, and they give up the alley-oop. Those are, that's communication. That's fighting through a screen. That's uh, rotating and helping down when you're supposed to, and they didn't do any of it on that possession. So it's just little things like that, the, the little effort plays, the little uh, play, just pushing a little bit harder in the most important moments. That's, what, that's how you win games, and this team isn't doing it right now, no matter – I mean, they, they they do long stretches of it, but um, you got to really, really fight down the stretch once you get to that under four timeout, and they just have not been a, uh, doing a good enough job of that. Jacob Badilla is with us, Hail Varsity Radio, at uh, Jacob Badilla underscore. Jacob, a thought here. Do you, do you run Trey McGowan's out there tonight? Do you wait for Indiana? Uh, I know trust is such a big thing when it comes back to injury, specifically uh, for basketball and, and a guy who had a bad foot. You know, what's what's the answer tonight? Do we see him, and does he make an impact if we do see him? Yeah, man, I I mean, I, I don't know exactly how he's responded and what shape he's in and all that type of stuff. feels to me that it's going a little fast to – uh, get cleared on Wednesday, and that wasn't just clear to play. That's clear to actually practice and go full go and all that stuff. Like he was just doing individual work before that, so it wasn't like he's been practicing for a week and a half and just finally got the the go ahead to uh, play in a real game. Like he just got cleared to play actual five on five basketball and to get out there and be part of the team again on Wednesday. And here we are a couple days later. So maybe they get him out there for a few minutes. I would not expect even if he does play for him to have a significant impact. Um, uh, if he does play, minutes will be limited, and that might even be the case for, for the next one, too. We'll see. That will give him a few more days to kind of work through things and um, get back into shape and kind of hopefully find the rhythm again and all that, most types of things. Uh, but, yeah, I'd be looking more towards next week when we see kind of what this will look like with, with Trey back in, in the lineup. Do you think Trey and, and even Walker – could could stick around beyond this year, and I don't know what what I know what Bryce would like to do. We we all think we know what Bryce would like to do, but maybe his stock isn't as high as it it could be. So maybe he returns. But back to McGowan's and, and Derek Walker, they have an extra year. Uh, could you see them hanging around one more year? Yeah, it's, I guess maybe part of that will be determined by how the second half of the season goes, and then what kind of opportunities they have at the next level to, to make a paycheck somewhere. Um, again, it's 
we're kind of just figuring this out. It's tough to understand like motivations for these players that have been in college already for four or five years. Like how important or how uh, intriguing is an extra year to keep being a college athlete versus how how many of these players are just like you know what I'm I'm good on school. <laughs> like uh, I, I, I've got I've got my degree. Um, I've done this for a while now. I'm I'm ready just to to be done with classes and all that type of stuff. So that's kind of more of an uh, a personal level thing um, we've seen kind of it's been all over the spectrum in all sports across the country in terms of players that have come back players that have jumped um, to not even to go just professionally in the highest level but just go make a paycheck somewhere so um, I, I, I wouldn't expect them to be back but um, I mean if maybe something happens down the stretch here and um, they're not liking their professional opportunities and they, they think Maybe this this year with Trey is like well I, I, um, I didn't get to have the season I wanted because of the injury. Let's go back and try to build up my professional stock with another season. I mean Derek with how how much he's progressed this year. Man, if you can get Derek back, that yeah. that would be huge. But uh, they've also got a big guy coming in next year that'll kind of help at that position. Um, so it's I, at this point I wouldn't expect any of kind of those like listed as juniors but really seniors to be back uh, next year. But um, that's certainly an option that they'll have if something happens down the stretch that leads them in that direction. Jacob Padilla is with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Jacob, about uh, 90 seconds here. I need your top four prep teams heading into this weekend in your game of the weekend. Oh, boy. That's a... That's a tough one right off the top of my head. Uh, it's, it's still that top three uh, of, um, of, at this point, West Side, North, North, Bellevue West. And then that fourth team, um, it might be Central, just the way that they've been playing recently. I know they've got uh, one down at Lincoln East uh, on Saturday that I, I might be at. Um, just that's kind of an intriguing game there with the, the season East has had. But when, when Central's got those – Top end guys going, and they're getting a little bit from that supporting cast. They've got as strong of a claim to, to kind of round out that top four or five as anybody. Um, I think Lincoln Southwest is in that mix, uh, but that's I think it's a clear top three, and then you're looking at like four through eight, or it c- could be in any order. That's that's a good stuff. Is there a wind up toy on your coffee table? And I ask a weird question uh, that way because something's buzzing big time. Uh, that, yeah, that's probably something in the background. Sorry about that. No, you're uh, good. No, I, I had to ask, what's going on, man? <laughs> I, I'm not quite sure what that is. Probably our phone line. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that Central East game will be dynamite, and I know that uh, Southwest has played high-level ball, and uh, we're going to see them a couple of times. I know Pius is, is playing good ball as well, so... We'll see where we go with it. Jacob, have a, a great weekend. Appreciate your coverage of Nebraska and high school basketball as well. And we'll get caught up again next week, bud. Sounds good. I'll go try to figure out what that sound is. It's a bat. I'm kidding. Uh, take care, Jacob. There he is. Jacob Padilla with us at Jacob Padilla underscore. Jacob, text or tweet us what that was. Because, I mean, that was about halfway through the interview. And I can just picture this big Tyrannosaurus Rex you wind up and let go. Uh, we'll wind down hour one. Bill Dolman coming up here uh, to kick off hour two.
He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Good stuff from Jacob Padilla. We have confirmation and clarification what was going on during the Jacob Padilla interview where it sounded like, I don't know, a wind-up toy or a uh, a second phone was buzzing and shaking and shaking and buzzing. But apparently it was a car out in the parking lot where Jacob was at that was causing and making so much noise. Is someone still trying to dial you up, 466-3776, to make a hair appointment? It is somebody with the wrong number. Yeah, repeatedly. Yeah, you called again. Yeah. yeah, he's trying yeah, to. Get can three. I get in at six thirty-five for a perm? No, you can't. No, dude. He's he's trying to dial three seven seven eight. Uh-huh. Yeah, if well, he calls sure. again, we're putting him on the air. Right? <laughs> Make sure the delay's on, because <laughs> <laughs> it's highly illegal. Sure. Never mind then. <laughs> yeah, but uh, good work there. I love your patience on a Friday, Will. Will hey, man. Wilson. Uh, Willie J is ready for for happy hour. I love it. Well, I wish he got to call the game after this. Head over to Pius. Yeah, I know Pius Lincoln High, man. That's right. Excited yep. for you. I'm excited. And we're pretty much because you had Central coming to East tomorrow night. That's right. Your stomping grounds. We have all the NFL you want, so that takes us out of the running for covering that game tomorrow night because of the snow fest between Buffalo and New England. Do we have Northeast going on over at KFOR? I believe Connor has Elkhorn South and North Star. Uh, ah, right. yeah. Gotcha. So well, that'll be all right. Gators are good stuff. Yeah. So I'll have Central uh, coming up here uh, in, in some form or fashion here in February. So uh, important to, to note, we're going to have Bill Dolman on. You can watch our uh, 505 segment with Bill on the ESPN Lincoln Twitter feed. We have uh, told Dolman to lock and load for TV time slash stream time. So Dolman will be with us there. ESPN Lincoln's Twitter feed, ESPN Lincoln's Facebook live feed. So that's all good. Uh, Jeff Smith will be with us. We'll go through some Nebraska and Purdue, some keys with Coach Smith, and also talk some more high school hoops with him. Got a list of plenty of games. We heard from Jacob. Excited to hear what Coach Smith thinks here. As we're, you know, about 13, 14, 15 games in to the season. Westside, you're number one right now. We saw them earlier against Southeast, and they're super well-rounded with press break, depth, shooting, ability to get to the rim, and they just they just do it all. Reminder about buckling up. Using your seatbelt saves lives, prevents injuries, only if properly worn, Remember, buckle up this message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Well, here's what we're going to do for steak and a beer Monday. We are going to not just pick one. We are going to do the full playoff picks. <laughs> Best record with spread. We'll put our heads together. There's enough games where unless we've both gone crystal ball, there'll be some, uh, some decision making that needs to go on. I am down for that. Longwell's uh, rail yard, incredible. Uh, and, uh, of course, you know, we're single barrel. And uh, that is the spot. We'll be there for a pregame show and bleed into a little bit of tip-off 
on uh, Monday, Martin Luther King Day, a road show Monday uh, when Indiana comes to town with their striped pants. Hour two coming up. It's Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you. Hour two at Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt and uh, Will Wilson. We're streaming live here, as we always do. The Pride of Fairbury joins us on Fridays at 5.06. Bill Dolman with us, NBC Sports, longtime Husker insider. And we're streaming here on ESPN Lincoln. The uh, Facebook feed and uh, also live on ESPN Lincoln Twitter. Can send your comments uh, and uh, commentary and all that good stuff here uh, as we kick off hour two. Bill, are we connected? Good, sir. How are you? I hope we're connected. I've got everything, you know, fancy and the way it's supposed to be. And it worked a couple hours ago. That's the wonder of the uh, the old test run. Uh, you sound great. You got the zip up going. It is zip up Friday. Will you've got the uh, the the hoodie going? God love you for being uh, comfortable and uh, ready to go. So, Bill, let's dive in. It's been a busy week uh, for Nebraska football. You have Brian Applewhite now the running backs coach. That was uh, announced yesterday. You have Bill Bush earlier in the week. You have Trev sending out. Uh, the survey to Husker Nation. He wants feedback from fans. Monster recruiting weekend. Uh, Nebraska's done well in the portal, so we can tackle all of those. But uh, let's start with Nebraska's running game specifically, uh, the task at hand for for Applewhite. And uh, someday soon we'll get your old buddy Joe Glenn on to talk uh, more about uh, Coach Applewhite as he played for and coached with Joe and it, uh, it's Wyoming. So a thought here as to Nebraska moving forward with their run game, all hinges on the O-line. Clearly we both know that, but you need someone or, or, or a couple of guys to step up and be difference makers at that running back position. You and I grew up watching uh, Nebraska greats do their thing carrying the football. You know, you and I are on the same page in regard to the offensive line. Brian Applewhite, Mark Whipple, Scott Frost, Nebraska. It all comes down to Donovan Rayola and what he does with the offensive line. And, of course, Zach Duvall in this uh, off-season period of weightlifting. You know, Nebraska's only going to be as good as the offensive line. And so as as solid as the hires appear to be with Applewhite and Whipple – I really started thinking about this. It's going to come down to what Donovan Rayola can do with the offensive line. You know, I, I like the hire of Brian Applewhite. Um, don't know a lot about him, but if he played for and coached with Joe Glenn, one thing I do know is that he how do I put, he knows how to deal with people mm-hmm. because there is no better people person that I have ever met in my entire life than Joe Glenn. So if Brian Applewhite learned from Joe as a player and as a coach and as a person, Nebraska has a great addition to its coaching staff. 
It's Bill Dolman with us. We're streaming live on Twitter, ESPN Lincoln Twitter, and also on the ESPN Lincoln Facebook. And add your comments. We'll do this uh, with Bill, uh, Internet uh, gods providing. <laughs> and uh, love uh, getting uh, the video thing going here, uh, this element of it. Yeah, Joe Glenn, a big-time people person, and uh, you talk to guys that have played with or for Joe, and, and Joe's been such a motivator. To me, that just doing some research on, on Applewhite, that's a strength of his is how he can motivate, how he can coach. And it's, it's a positive motivation. And, and he'll have an opportunity between some guys that, that maybe didn't have good experiences or, or weren't patient at some previous stops on top of, of what's in that running back room. Uh, you have uh, Jaquiz Yant that comes to my mind, and, and that's a guy that needs uh, some some motivation, and, and we've seen some flashes of, I mean, a, a steal of a get by Coach Fisher from Florida, and we think of the Northwestern game, right? We also know that there were some missteps for a young back uh, when he had the opportunity to make some plays against uh, against Michigan and uh, against Minnesota. But he also bounced back from, from a disciplinary situation and ran the ball pretty well against Iowa. This is a kid who's got great size, phenomenal footwork, is just a big dude that needs to lock in diet-wise and also study and know the playbook so he can be trusted. That's, that's like step one here for Applewhite. Let's see. What, what's the ceiling look like for a guy like Yant, Bill? Well, I don't think it's just Yant. I think that it's everybody in that room has to look at this as a fresh start. And, yeah, Yant has a lot of upside. He's got a lot of size. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody was excited about what he did against Northwestern. Despondent after what happened uh, against uh, Minnesota. But I think everybody in that room has to look at it and say, okay, this is my opportunity. And I think everybody likes Ryan Held, loves Ryan Held, mm-hmm. uh, and holds him in very high regard. But I'm not sure that there was ever any continuity, ever any certainty coming out of that running back room last year. And because of that, I'm not sure everybody was able to you know, really develop and, and as a group, but individually, I don't think everybody, anybody really progressed. So now I think you look at this spring and say, okay, we're all on the same page. We're all starting from the same spot. We're all excited about a new coach. Now I'm going to go out and seize my opportunity. And if that's uh, Jack Hesiant, it's Ramir Johnson, who ended up as what the leading rusher last year. What's Gabe Irvin's uh, progress from his injury? You know, that's going to be critical. Um, but everybody has to look at it as this is a new start for them. But I think Nebraska has to have a little more hierarchy in that room than we saw last year. You just didn't know who was going to ride on the field and carry the ball. Well, you, you didn't know. And when push came to shove, either offensive line-wise or running back-wise, the trust wasn't there on third and short for anyone but Adrian to carry the football. And a, a guy like Thompson thrived with a really good back in Robinson behind him at Texas. Nebraska needs to replicate that in the spring and moving forward in the fall. you got to have a run game. you got to have a couple of backs 
a one-two punch. Look at Minnesota, for God's sake. They, they were down to their sixth back, but that sixth string back was developed and ready to, uh, to step in. And Minnesota won nine football games, uh, not having to rely on a manager at quarterback. They had an insanely big and talented offensive line. But look at, look at Wisconsin, look at Minnesota, and look at Iowa. Look at their quarterback situation. And I know Captain Morgan's better than what Wisconsin had and uh, better than, than what um, uh, Iowa had at quarterback. But when push came to shove, all three of those teams had really good eyebacks to run behind better than average offensive lines. And they were all in contention until that last Saturday uh, for the West Division. And I would still love to see a fullback. <laughs> you know? I mean, I don't care if it is Dodie Donnell Jr., Andre Franklin Jr., Lance Lewis, Corey Schlesinger. I don't care if any of those guys have eligibility left. Sam Schmidt was my favorite. You know, as I watch Sam as I watch, you know, Nebraska in the past, and every now and then I like to watch a game from the seventies, eighties, and nineties. When you have Adrian Martinez or had or the 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 tailback, they don't have that extra blocker in front of them hitting that linebacker or stealing off a defensive tackle and creating a little more space for hole. If you're just turning around and giving it off to that running back, they're running into the line and hoping that the hole is there. That's the beauty of the option back in the day. You know, I've told I've said this before, Bobby Houck at Montana, Samari Torre's old coach. He told me one day, he said, the option is the greatest offense ever devised in the game of football. It's just that not a lot of players want to play it these days. It's not sexy, but it is powerful and it is effective, and especially when you have a great fullback who can create a little more space uh, right in the middle of the offensive line. Bill, and switch gears and I uh, hope if you're dealing with some technical stuff, my bad on that. Uh, we're we're seeing where it goes there let's get a thought here i sent you trev's tweet and when we talk about the memorial stadium experience i'd like your thoughts on on you know what what nebraska fans feel and and there's been a, a lot of feedback on twitter with this about nebraska fans your input matters to me it matters to our athletic department it's a great opportunity for us to listen. Listen, and I, I, I'm not a season ticket guy, so I don't, I don't have the survey. But folks I've talked to and checked in with, you know, uh, say it's it's a it's a pretty serious uh, job by Trev and, and the, the the administration to to reach out and get feedback. What's the answer here? It, first and foremost, is better talent and coaching, so you're winning. You'll you'll sit through anything whether you have leg room or not, if Nebraska's winning all their games in Lincoln, that doesn't happen as often as it used to. But do you need a gambling kiosk? Do you need beer? Do you need a party deck? Do you need better (laughs) Wi-Fi? Are speakers the answer? Hot tub in the south end zone? You tell me, Dolman. You're old school with it. But you also get that HDTVs that are 60 inches wide and a wet bar are pretty cool options, too, for for a lot of people right now. You said it, man. I am old school. And I can remember when Nebraska was selling out Memorial Stadium in the 1980s, 70s, 80s. 
probably into the 90s, I think, uh, although this figure took over. But I remember when Phil Sprague was speaking into an old school microphone with sparkomatic speakers in Memorial Stadium, and that place was selling out, and people were just fine with it because Nebraska was winning. Now, you want to go real old school, and I, I'll say this. You said Trev was serious about it. That does not shock me in the least. You know, I think there are a lot of um, leaders, ADs or whatever in walk of life where they say, we're going to send out a survey and find out what you think. And it's like, do you like the atmosphere Memorial Stadium? Check yes or no. What can we do better? Check yes or no. Thank you for your input, and we'll take it under advisement. I would imagine that whatever Trev put together when he decided to do this, that he got a lot of people together and said, we're going to do this right, and it's going to be serious, and we're going to take the input. We're going to do what we can. We can't do everything. But I would imagine that this is a very serious undertaking that will be taken under serious advisement by Trev and his committees. I just believe that. Now, you want to go real old school? I'd rebuild Schulte Fieldhouse. I'd reinstall (laughs) Mushroom Gardens. I'd somehow bottle up the smell of both of those places and make players – live and die in Schulte and Mushroom and earn their way into that law office-like locker room that they have. Because back in the day, back in the day, you'd have freshmen and JV players having to go into those Spartan-like facilities to try and earn their way into the South Stadium. And that's when things were really good and Nebraska was really, really tough, all right? Pretty sure they're not going to do either one of those, but I think I'm, if I got the survey, I would put that on there. And they'd know who it came from, too, by the way. So you're telling and, me there's no – Johnson and there's Bill no, Shepard and all of those old school guys were manning the North Stadium Fieldhouse. Life was good. And those guys wanted out of there. They wanted to go south. So those would be my uh, two ideas. That more actual Fairbury brand hot dogs I think would be more important. But, you know, I look at these these stadiums in the NFL, you know, like, what they got going on in L.A., so fine. And Dallas, mm-hmm. and everywhere. And they've got these these suites and these bars and these discotheques, Studio 54's field level. And I'm thinking, those are the worst seats in the freaking world. You can't see anything. You're just there. Say you can be there. You're there to be there. seen, baby, There's not heard. I can imagine going to a football game. And I know Nebraska's got some of those field level suites as well. I just can't imagine going there and thinking, this is a great game day experience. You might as well go down to the Haymarket, you know, and find a nice restaurant and watch on TV there. Save a little bit of money and have a couple more Guinness. But maybe that's the idea. Guinness at this table. Dolman, Dolman, you're right yeah. there. You, 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 win. you win the Guinness Bowl. You win the Guinness Bowl. You bring a you bring a case of Memorial Stadium. I think it's great. You, you, you win. Know, I, I would hate to have all these luxuries that detract me away from the game itself. And people said that 25 years ago when Husker Vision went in, like, oh, this is going to change things. It's pretty tame compared to what everybody else is trying to do these days. What they're trying to do is take away from the game itself. And I think that's that's kind of a travesty. And fortunately, I think Nebraska still is able to hold on to a little bit of the romance of college football. 60 seconds, Bill, real quick. Do you shrink the stadium to preserve the sellout streak for more room? Do we do what? Shrink the stadium size, go from 90 to 82 to preserve the sellout streak, i.e. in the name of making it more accommodating. People have complained for years, and I get it, that there's not enough room uh, when, you, when, you, when you cram in on those bench seats. 
So make the uh, the twelve inch seats uh, sixteen inch uh, twelve inch seats sixteen inches. Uh, maybe I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like what they did with the big big red experience this year and getting people an opportunity to go to games. I thought that was a wonderful idea. Sure. Um, I, I don't know if you shrink it and say this was to preserve the sellout streak. Um, sooner or later, as much as we hate to admit it, it's going to come to an end. So. No, I don't know if that's necessarily the idea. Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Bill, we'll do this again uh, next week. Thanks for the time today. All right, brother. Be good. Go Big Red. Happy birthday to me. Uh, Yes, tomorrow. Bill Dolman's 49 (laughs) again. Bill Dolman's you know? 49 again. See you, brother. Thank you. Restrictions apply. Federally insured by NCUA. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a caught preteen Swedish boy. Thanks for spending time on a Friday. It's Hale Varsity. Good stuff from Bill Dolman. We did the uh, stream yard on that, so that'll be posted on Facebook. And uh, enjoy that uh, live on Twitter a moment ago. We welcome in the Hall of Fame coach with Southeast, longtime assistant for Nebraska basketball. Get some thoughts here. Just a, a shade before tip-off. Nebraska at Purdue. Vegas says minus 20. The uh, standout for uh, Lincoln Southeast on, uh, I think it's Fox or FS1. Nick Baugh part of the call tonight. And, uh, of course, him and uh, his podcast with Schick, uh, part of the Herdad Media family. Coach Smith, it's awesome to spend some time with you. Thanks for squeezing us in on a Friday night and a good opportunity for Nebraska. A great uh, slate of high school this weekend we'll get to. How's your Friday going? It's going well. It's going well. I'd, I'd rather have a little of that golf weather for the last couple of days, but we'll, you know, got to live with it in Nebraska, I guess. No, you're right on. It was, uh, it was wonderful, though, most of this week and maybe a little bit into next week, but getting punished a bit tonight and into tomorrow, uh, back to football weather. But, uh, Coach, a uh, thought here on, on Nebraska as they gear up for Purdue. What's the message from Hoiberg and company uh, on that uh, that coaching staff? Is, is Listen, you just took on Kofi. Thanks for the seats, by the way. And uh, now you dive into seven foot four, uh, fi- frying pan and fire tonight for the Big Red. Yeah, I think you've got to talk about consistency of competing. Um, you know, I think we competed again, Illinois, after taking a game off against Rutgers. And, and you know, before that, Michigan, Ohio State, uh, or excuse me, Michigan State, Ohio State wasn't embarrassing. Um, you know, we're outmanned a little bit. There's no doubt about it. It's just, it kind of comes down to talent level. But if you shoot it well, you know, we went 50% against Illinois. If you can shoot, continue to shoot it here a little bit, and you just compete and, and keep working on any way to box guys out and try to rebound the ball, um, you, can, you can maybe give yourself a chance. I think Purdue's one of the tougher places to play on the road. I don't think they were real happy with their last couple games. They've been off and they're rested. So it's going to be a challenge, but you've got to take the challenge at this level and come out and compete every play. Jeff Smith's with us on Hale Varsity Radio at uh, Coach J Smith 14 on Twitter. It's where you follow Coach, and uh, we're looking at Nebraska Purdue. You got to compete, and uh, that's not always been the case for Nebraska. Want to get your thoughts here on Trey McGowan's? Uh, put yourself on the sideline 
uh, knowing that he had a foot injury against Creighton. He's busted it to get back. He's cleared to come back. What what would you do or what have you done in past when you're bringing a guy back from injury? Well, you rely on your doctors, number one. You've got to listen to them. You know, If they've cleared him, you've got to feel safe about playing him. But then it comes down to your conditioning. You, you want to play him because he can make a difference defensively. He can make a difference leadership-wise. I think the other four people on the floor with him will have more confidence. But at the same time, I think you've got to think about conditioning and um, bringing him in slow. So I hope we get the same in, in some spurts tonight, a couple, two, three minutes at a time, um, because I think he can give us some confidence and physically help us keep people out of the paint, maybe help us rebound a little bit. So you gotta you got to take baby steps with him um, and, and get what you can and go on trainers and doctors' advice. Some of the word we're getting, Jacob Adela's letting us know, and I know they tipped off here or shortly, about uh, 10, 15 minutes ago. Uh, Trey is suited up. It doesn't sound like he's going to go tonight. That the word. So moving forward, though, let's talk about McGowan's when he gets back to full strength. Who do, who do you put him in for? Do you let him run point? Do you still let Verge handle it? Let's talk down the road here, Coach. What's some strategy that, uh, that Fred might be thinking about? Well, I, I think Verge is your starter. Um, as long as he continues to develop at the point guard position and understand what the coaches want, I think he's your starter. But I think Trey was sliding over to play some point um, and that gives you a little more size at the point, which I, it, it, sometimes we need. You know, you and I were sitting at this Illinois game, and I, was, I made one comment to you. He said, I'd try Bryce at the point for a while just to get a little more size. And, but Trey can fill that role. Um, I think he usually guards the point guard anyway, although I've been really impressed with Burge's on-ball defense when he wants to play. Mm-hmm. So it, it just gives you some more size and defensive ability at the point, you know, Kobe Webster's playing hard, but I think he's a guy that needs to play off the ball and catch and shoot um, and, and let, let Trey handle the ball a little bit more when he, when he can move to the point to give Verge a rest. What did Trey show you? We know that there were some highlight moments. He got downhill and was pretty vicious hitting the rim. We hadn't seen that out of him before. Uh, the mid-range was not consistent. I think he had a couple of threes, but he did pretty well getting to the free throw line. He's he's growing up and he's learning to to get to the rim, and uh, he's just got to get stronger. But as far as his evolution, his game, did you like Illinois and and what ha- what needs to happen tonight? Yeah, I I liked what I liked about Illinois with Bryce was his uh, attacking. He's continuing to attack the basket. It looks like they've gotten through to him a little bit about build your game on that with your length, with your free-throw shooting ability up in the mid-80s, get there first. Um, I think Trey can create a little for us also, getting into the paint and attacking the basket with, with both the McGowan's brothers. And hopefully that opens things up. for. I like the, the kick-out threes are like a post-up you know, inside-out. And, and, and I think kick-out threes and inside-out threes are by far your best. And, and I think you know since they've gotten the ball to Walker a little bit more, their threes have been a little better. So if we can continue on that track of attacking the basket, getting the ball in Walker's hands, playing inside out or kick out where we're spotted up at the three-point line, not the step backs, I think we'll shoot the ball better and have more offensive success. Jeff Smith joining us, uh, Hall of Fame basketball coach, Lincoln Southeast assistant for Coach Nee at uh, Nebraska during the tournament run. And uh, can find Coach Smith on Twitter at CoachJSmith14. 
uh, give him a follow. Coach, uh, last thought here. You're searching for that first win. You've got a, a, a one or a two seed, depending on if they get hot or, or don't really falter. That's where Purdue's slated. And you've got a – is the game plan before we get to some high school ball, do you go after – the Purdue bigs and try and get them in foul trouble. I don't think Nebraska was scared, and I didn't mind their strategy going inside against Illinois. It just didn't end up working out, but they they stayed and they hung around. Yeah, I I think I like that game plan. You know, we said before the game uh, on the show, you've got to pick your poison, and they kind of played one-on-one inside against Kofi, and I think you kind of do the same because uh, Purdue shoots the ball very similar to, to what Illinois did, and they're dangerous there. And I think you go with twos um, instead of instead of open threes. And and your only your only drawback there is if if Mr. Walker gets in foul trouble, that that puts you. You know the others just aren't. We're not very deep inside, and uh, Eduardo's just not quite as, as physical as him. So it does put you in some jeopardy. But I I would rather you know jump into zone every once in a while than double down on the post a lot. Pretty impressive uh, by Purdue. I mean, they they shoot incredibly well. They're skilled offensively. They've got Ivy, and then of course Eddie uh, in the middle. But uh, they are they are so complete with their inside game, their outside shooting. They are uh, for sure dangerous. What do you think of Dana last night? Over overtime win, empty Polly. I know, but I was watching a little bit of Wild Bill Walton. And poor Dave Patch. <laughs> and, and one, the conference of champions. Uh, throw it down, big man. <laughs> yeah. I I didn't see overtime. I dozed off. But, man, Oregon's, they're going to put a run together. Don't you feel like they're uh, they're just yeah, about ready yeah. to go off? Yeah, I do. I, and Dana's good at that. I mean, he's, he, you know, he, the last couple of years, he started off a little slower than normal. Um, and I think a lot of that's with transfer kids and, but once he gets them embedded in, in what he wants in his system, I like how he presses a little bit. But they took care of the ball last night. Um, they put the they put the ball in the, in their guards' hands to at the end of the game to take you know take control of it. Um, I thought they defended really well down the stretch. Uh, I, I saw the second half of that game and and I was I was impressed with their improvement. Coach uh, thoughts this weekend East hosting Omaha Central. Got a couple of minutes left here. This uh, southeast of Grand Island tonight, northeast at Cardi, Lincoln High, Pius, uh, Will's got that, and then North Stars at uh, Norfolk. Again, Central's at East Saturday. I think Millard North is at Northeast, uh, so that'll be pretty big time. And then also South is at Bellevue, West Omaha South. A slew of games. Who's kind of wowed you as we uh, get towards mid-January? Well, you know, Westside has. Um, we saw them at, at yeah. Southeast, and we were impressed with their 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 veteran um, buildup, their veteran play. Uh, you know, they were a little stronger than Southeast. They're, they played together. Their top five are, you know, ma- mainly seniors um, with the Meeks kid at the guard and Odd Bodies a junior that's really scoring a lot of points for them. I think they're clear-cut playing as well as anybody right now after winning the Metro Tournament. Um, and and but 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 Millard North and Bellevue West have you know a lot of talent with Jason Green and, and but they also have a lot of new pieces you know Bellevue West with Dotsler they're all playing different roles except for Green maybe so how much how much how much ceiling has Westside have left compared to Millard North Bell West who I think are going to grow quite a bit more with their youth and just just experience 
um, you know, maybe by midseason that that'll balance out a little bit. And I think that's a kind of a, a three team race right there. But but you don't count out Central. I do think the Lincoln teams have uh, caught up a little bit to the what I call superpowers of the Metro. It's not that big of a gap. Um, and I th- so I think Southeast, Northeast, Pius belong in that top ten. Um, I think they're going to stay in that top ten. And I think they can. We're going to find out this weekend a little bit about you know Millard North. Can can Northeast hang with them? Northeast doesn't have a lot of size. They don't have that one guy. Um, kind of led by the Brazil kid, but they are scrappy and they can all play. They're kind of a bu- bunch of gym rats, so that'll be a really interesting game. Um, Central uh, Central playing at East with the talent Central has. Um, you know, they're they're led by Jaden Dawson, a Division One player, and then and then Gretna South. Can, we're going to kind of see if these Lincoln teams can play with some of these elite, what have been elite Omaha teams. Coach, about thirty seconds. Southwest seems like they're pretty for real have you seen enough of them to, to buy into that yeah i, I have hunzecker's in a lot of the categories in, in the stats in the in the conference um he's by far their leader but they have length um i think they have four guys on the floor that can shoot the ball um they've got a freshman that can come in and, and make threes for him with some length a lot like bryce mcgowan's he comes in he comes in and can can provide some, and, and then Ryland Smith, I think, is an emerging point guard that's yeah. possibly Division One, and uh, he's he's up there in the scoring in, in the conference, averaging about 16 a game. Um, defensively, he's good. He can shoot threes. He can so he's he's probably their stat guy. Mm-hmm. Um, with Hunzecker being their all-around guy, and then they're they're really good around them. Coach, we'll do this again. Thanks so much for the time. You bet. See you, Chris. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Don't forget, weekend edition tomorrow, 7 to 9 a.m. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach. Great to have you in for the Hale Varsity weekend edition. Don't forget, single barrel Monday, 4 to 6, ahead of Nebraska-Indiana during Nebraska-Indiana. Come grab a cocktail, get a beer, have a steak. Uh, you may uh, get out of there by halftime. We'll see. We'll see if Nebraska can uh, can put it together. It was three to two, briefly. Now Purdue leads ten to two, under sixteen. So to start the ball game, Latman with two turnovers. He now has three turnovers. You have two quick fouls on Derek Walker. And uh, one field goal made by Bryce McGowan's at the 18-minute mark. So one field goal, and uh, you're almost, uh, well, you're over five minutes and change into the ball game. So things are going great. So that 20 spot produced Layen is looking gorgeous right yeah. now. Yeah. We'll see. Plenty of basketball left. Uh, and you have offensive rebounds, free throws. So Purdue's going at at Walker, trying to get him in foul trouble so he can watch the first half. So let's dive in. Should we do an abbreviated forecast, Friday forecast? We will keep score on this NFL weekend. Schmidt versus Will Wilson. Add Will on the radio. That's where you follow him, at Schmidt underscore radio. Thought about asking Klausburn, but he's... 
No, he's a little owly. It's okay. <laughs> Start off with Cincy and Vegas. You hate the Raiders, don't you? Ah, uh, you know, it's not really a team I love, not really a team I hate. Kind of a ugly team, but uh, I don't know. What so do you are, got? are you going Zach Taylor, Stan Morgan, or are you going the Fighting Will Compton? What spread are you going uh, here? Well, I got five and a half. Love it. I'm going to go with Vegas. Okay, so you're going to take, you're going to take oh, Vegas. You're going to take the Raiders and the five and a half. That's right. Okay, I will give you the five and a half, and I think Cincy and Joe stay hot. Okay. So mark that down. Schmidt says Cincy. Will says give me Raider Nation. All right. Fine. Wind is going to be just brutal in Buffalo. I hope there's some snow mixed in. New England, Buffalo, the, uh, the hat trick that is each winning on the other's home field. And this is interesting, and it was, what, two passes completed or attempted by Buffalo, make that uh, by by uh, New England. Yeah. And Mac Jones. You know what? I like Buffalo here. I like Allen. He's been in the playoffs before. Give me the experience, and I'll give you the four and a half and Belichick. Yeah, I like it. You're, you're taking Buffalo on the points. I sorry, you took Buffalo, correct? Excuse me, you're taking New England in the points. That's right. Yeah, I'm going to go New England on Slap this one. Slap me, forgive no. me. It's all good. Okay, uh, let's go. Eagles, Bucks, no playoff, Letty, no Ronald, Levante, and Sue and Crew are back. Is Evans ready to go? Can Gronk be the man? You pick this one. Who do you like? I'm going to go with Philly. I like Philly as well. Okay. I think we agree that Philly yeah. covers, mm-hmm. but I think Tampa wins. I'm with you on that. I think I get an eerie feeling, quite honestly, with with uh, with Tampa. Not that they're overlooking Philly by any means. Jalen Hurts is not somebody I'd bet on at all to have to go win it, but I think he can be problematic because of his ability to you know to be to versatile and Fletcher Cox in Philly if they uh, can get a little fuse lit they can rush the passer yeah and they've won doing so I think Tampa just survives barely survives I think they win by a field goal eight and a half's way 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 yeah. too high if we're way off on these we will burn the tape Monday so San Fran Dallas Cowboys minus three who do you like Right now, I I made some picks earlier. I'm going off those picks. Uh, I have Dallas. Okay, I'll take San Francisco, okay. and I'll take the three. Uh, don't get me wrong, Schmitty. By the end of when Monday comes, I could be very upset with me uh, that I took the Cowboys. Worst case scenario, it's beer and a steak Monday. Fair enough. I'm either even with you or uh, you're getting the old 96er down to the old single barrel. <laughs> I just, you know what, Dallas... As much as I don't like Jimmy Garoppolo, he's gone to a Super Bowl. There's some really nice skill talent. I think Dak could be in trouble because you don't have a, a great running game in Dallas. And I know Dallas's defense gets all the headlines with Randy and, and crew and Micah Parsons. They've been awesome. The thing that gives me pause with Dallas being 12-5, and five, and it's not their fault, 
that they loaded up in their division. Their division's garbage. <laughs> it's just awful. Yeah, it is. So give me San Fran. Give me Bosa. Give me that San Francisco defense. I know San Fran's secondary's uh, the weak link. Are they going to have time to, to throw it? Well, Dak, what Dallas are you going to get? Mm-hmm. The team that had a, a, a reeling Arizona down and lost at home or not? It's going to be a hell of a game. So give me San Fran in the three. Chiefs, Steelers, I like Big Ben to cover this number. Oh! And you can, and you can tap. We can agree. Yeah, I, I we, can, we can agree. Smitty, I, I think I, I said uh, this on Wednesday. I think Pittsburgh plus the points is the biggest lock of the weekend, so I'm with you on that. Will Wilson says, let me make you some money. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and uh, let's go to Monday night, the wild card festivities, Rams cards. Rubber match, best out of three. Each is one, similar to Buffalo and New England. Each is one on the other's home field. Uh, Rams minus four. Give me the cards and the points. You feeling that too, or you like the Rams? I like the Rams. I like the Rams, yeah. So just just for uh, entertainment purposes only, I have Cincy. I'm laying the points. I have Bills. I'm laying the points. We both like Philly to cover. You have... Dallas, I'm taking the points in the Niners. We both like the Steelers to cover, and I have the cards plus four. You have the Rams. You're laying four. Boy, do I love those picks. Man, that works out. I love and, it. And, and whoever wins, it's not if I win, you know, five to one, I get five stakes from you. This is for me to pull even with you on the stake in the beer bet. And just, you call Elijah, I've never collected steak and a beer from him. Okay. Because, I mean, he'd owed me, like, he'd owed me a month worth of steaks and beer. Because I, I did pretty well against him in college football. It's nice of you. Well, you know. Yeah. You don't want to rob the dude. No, I don't. But yeah. I know you're, you're like, <laughs> you're pulling a Stewie from Family Guy. I saw you here this early this last week after the, uh, the, the weekend picks last weekend. And you're like, dude, where's my money? You kind of wandering around the hall. Relax. Dude, where, where's my money? I wasn't that greedy. You had a tire iron in your right hand yeah. and a couple of dudes that looked rough. I mean, they had the ripped Lincoln East high school shirts. There were no sleeves. The kids you rolled with back in Spartan land. We don't mess around. You don't. Nope. Okay, we will say goodbye to a Friday podcast. Give us a rating. Good, bad, ugly. We want to hear what you think. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Subscribe to Hale Varsity Radio. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson, uh, back at you tomorrow morning, 7 to 9. We started off with recruiting. We'll end it with some recruiting. You have the upcoming junior day, uh, upcoming junior days ahead here for Nebraska. And uh, the Husker staff on the road checking out some big-time talent. And we, we just got done talking about Lincoln East. Well, Malachi Coleman is uh, an incredible player, a fantastic wideout, great off the edge, 
and he is making some waves. Obviously, he's seen Iowa, he's seen Wisconsin, he has seen Minnesota, and uh, Nebraska now doing some some work on Malachi Coleman. Uh, as Malachi had a chance to get caught up with Mickey Joseph today. So if you're Nebraska, you absolutely uh, go send Mickey down the road to say, what's up, Malachi? Can you uh, catch the football wearing red? Let's talk, man. So uh, Mickey's incredible and uh, can click (laughs) because he's genuine. He's straight up and oh, yeah, by the way, there's guys that have played for him that you'll watch this weekend. And let's be real. I don't think anybody wants to lose a Lincoln kid to P.J. Fleck. I don't think that's something we're uh, looking forward to. So You know what was interesting? And uh, you had a report from Rivals uh, with Bill Bush, and we, we t- talked a little bit earlier about the quarterback Nebraska's checking on Avery Johnson in Kansas. And I mentioned the 19 offers and the fact he's already been to Kansas and Kansas State twice. He's been to Iowa State. He's been to Missouri. And Bill Bush has got, like, we've highlighted why it's a great hire because he's good and he's also tremendous at recruiting. And Bush was talking with, with um, the, the, the coach down there in Mays, Kansas, May, you know, Avery Johnson's coach. He's like, yeah, we, we haven't heard anything from Nebraska. Yet, you, this is the first contact we've had. And Bill Bush's, again, pro arrivals report, is like, what the hell? What do you mean? <laughs> you got a three-star quarterback that's just a sophomore, three-sport star at 6'3", and he's got a slew of offers, including Notre Dame, and he hasn't heard from Nebraska yet, and he's three and a half hours away? Uh, What? <laughs> What so we're we doing, guys. <laughs> this is what we're doing now. You have Mickey Joseph. You have Bill Bush, and you have Bill Bush and Mickey Joseph in the dare I say five hundred mile radius, and even the ten mile radius from the stadium, going and seeing targets and talents for twenty 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 three and twenty twenty four. So you're going to have a little bit better execution, attention to detail, and just dogged pursuit from two guys that are pros that have done it. That's your immediate flip. Whether you land some kids or not, it ain't going to be for lack of effort or disorganization. That, I can flat, flatly say, is ended. When you got Bill Bush and Mickey Joseph, whether it's Kansas or or Lincoln, at least they're they're on some talent. Well, appreciate you stepping in, man. We will see you tomorrow. We will see you in the morning. Talk to you at seven with Hale Varsity.